you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast. Dan, quick, what's 17 times 32? 17 times 32, 17 times 32. That's literally impossible. And I dare anyone in this room to get it right now. You're asking me? (laughs) From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I did get a 39 on a state-mandated math test in 1996 but I could have gotten a 99 and I wasn't getting that answer. So that was a hit piece on the old Zeuser. And yet I'll be a professional about it. Patrick Claibon, Greg Rosenthal, heroes, Mark Sessler. He got the hell out of Dodge. Nobody knows where he is, but that's all right. We will carry on. He's at home. He's, he's yeah, right he there. Probably. Uh, no, I don't know where he is. Uh, the <laughs> answer is 544, by the way. And I guess the point of that is there's 32 teams. 17 oh. weeks, you divide 544 by 2, and you get 272 games. Used to be 256, right? So, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, how is everyone on this glorious Thursday? Patrick, thank you once again. It's a, I texted Claybon. It's a Claybonissance on the show lately, <laughs> and we're really thrilled about it. It's that time of year, right? Um, I'm doing news this week. And so three new shifts on Monday, Tuesday, uh, yesterday, of course, Wednesday. And I I thought to myself, (laughs) I want to spend some time with Dan and Greg today. Love it. And I'm walking by and you guys are like, hey, so, yeah, (laughs) heck, yeah, I want to be here. Always a big value add. I I, um, am a big believer in don't read the comments. Don't read the Reddit board. Don't read the comments. But I got to admit, Dan told me about this phenomenon on our YouTube channel. Uh, show or we put the link up on YouTube of our right. entire podcast that the camera stays on for about 30 seconds to a minute afterwards. Right. And some people enjoy that 30 seconds to a minute because we don't really we didn't really realize it. it who knows hand. what we're doing? Who knows what we're saying? I'm making weird arm motions. And so I went to check it out last week and Dan Dan's right. And it's it is kind of funny. And uh, I did check out the the comments, which I, I normally don't. But I was there. I checked out the comments and it was a lot of 
Oh, great when Claybon's on. Clay, big, big value add when Claybon's on. Give me some more Claybon. It was a lot of Claybon the in people, the comments. You guys the underestimate the sheer volume of alt accounts I have on multiple <laughs> media, social media sites. It is intimidating. So much work goes into it, but I'm glad to hear it's paying off. I think those 10, 12 seconds or 30 seconds or a minute after the show ends on the YouTube page, that's the, the true us. And if anyone's like, oh, is it real? Like, what are they really like? Watch those 47 seconds and you'll learn so much about all of us. You're going to learn so much about um, sports media and how to dominate the marketplace uh, today because uh, Andrew Marchand of The New York Post will be joining us in just a bit. We also uh, will open up the mailbag. We haven't done that in a while. We're going to open up the old mailbox. What's in the box? Nailed it. (laughs) <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, no, you don't even know what the movie is. <laughs> well, now you do. I mean, I do. In, in theory, you do, but yeah. I'm saying it, it couldn't spoil it. Well, let's <laughs> ask Maybe the kids. Maybe we're talking about... Let's um, ask the kids behind the glass. Graver, how, what film is David that? David Fincher's Seven. All right. Well, now you ruined it. Oops. Well, and then behind <laughs> you is Stapledon, a young woman in her 20s. Like it could have been Pride and Prejudice or, or something Stapledon like that. Stapledon doesn't know who Don Henley is or the <laughs> Eagles. So it's like you never know what the kids are up to. What they're plugged in on. There's a lot of things that Stapledon knows that I don't. Yeah. So I guess there's a give and a take. Sliding doors. Maybe it was sliding doors. I've never seen that movie, but I've referenced it roughly 7,000 times. All right, let's get going here. Before we open up the mailbag, before Andrew joins the show, let's get caught up on the news. What? 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 (laughs) All right, well, listen. It's been a really good start to the Gravedigger era. (laughs) Yeah. But for the first time, I'm going to have to say uh, you let me down, buddy. Whoa! I thought that was good. Wait, you didn't like that? I I made the request, the Greg's double what's at 58.11 of our last show. I wanted that to be the news drop. But I said, and I thought clearly, Gravedigger, Mm. 20 consecutive seconds of that. Oh, I see. 20 consecutive seconds. He reaches for the button. Watch. Maybe as the show goes along, you can get the director's cut for us to hear at the end. (laughs) I could do that. That would be great. I was using the reference file you sent, and I maybe was a little too too close to the reference. It's an uptick from last week where I didn't give him a news drop, and then there was just none ready. So that was a tough (laughs) moment. I was just like, you know, you've seen enough. You've been a part of enough of these shows. Just assume it needs to be there. You don't uh, have to hold your hand. I have a backup one now for the next time that I can run at any any time. He's a pro. Okay. And I That's think, what I say. You learn from your mistakes. You make a mistake. Justin, one. on balance, has been an excellent value Absolutely. add, just like the Clay Bonassons. Um, <laughs> but also, there's a, a very important to have honesty in the relationship between host and producer. And that was Constructive criticism. I, I always look where I can improve. I love it, buddy. He knows exactly what to say. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're on fire. You're all the way back. Uh, let's start with uh, some news, Greg is completely in love with the Eagles. It's a thing. He's got a buddy that's in that front office, and you know you can connect those dots pretty easily. I like them right. before any he of that. He likes the roster too, and that's that's great. Everything's good, and they made another good move um, on Wednesday. They signed James Bradbury, the cornerback, to a one-year, ten million dollar contract. Uh, so he's going to pair up with Darius Slay, who's great. 
Uh, so that's a that's a nice addition. Your thoughts, Greg, on a Slay Bradbury tandem in the secondary for Philadelphia? It's a huge upgrade at their weakest position. I mean, I look up and down this all 20, their starting roster. And I would have said second cornerback was the one spot where they really weren't up to snuff. And yeah, it's a defense that Jonathan Gannon runs where you kind of keep everything in front of you and it's very safe. And may- maybe you don't need a, like a great one-on-one corner. You, you need corners. You need yep. corners mm-hmm. in the NFL. And so it upgrades their biggest spot. And I just like the fact that they're trying their best to win football games. I feel like not every team really does that. And, th- and they are trying to do that. Don't wait till next year. Try to win right now. Yeah. Yeah, the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles was like a case study, and you can't hide bad talent on defense with scheme. You, you just can't. And so we, we saw how they addressed it uh, up front. Um, you know, and now all the levels uh, it, through the draft and free agency. They're the, way better at linebacker yeah. now in the Kobe Dean. You, you just saw tight end after tight end walking down the field uh, over and over again. Um, just real issues in coverage. And I think Nicobe Dean, and we said it after the draft, uh, even if he let's say he did have surgery and he's playing with one arm. It would be an upgrade uh, over what they had up the middle last year. So yeah, a lot to feel great about. <laughs> it, they are. And it doesn't, uh, you don't have to read the tea leaves. We were just talking about it on Tuesday's episode, uh, digging in on where the football cognizante is at right now. And there's going to be a lot of pick people picking the Eagles to win that division, the NFC East. Um, are they actually a better team than the Cowboys? It's very close, I think. I think they're neck and neck, and I think there's a clear dividing line. It would stun me if the Commanders or the Giants win that division, but I think it feels like a toss-up right now in the East. Here here we are on, you know, May 19th, Thursday. The Cowboys' best players are better than the Eagles' best yeah. players. They, they have a better quarterback. Uh, they have better top-tier talent for the most part. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, though, is a nice receiver duo. That now matches up with what Dallas has. But, you know, they don't... Tyron Smith, there's a lot of great players. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. There's a lot of great players. But to me, the Eagles, and maybe it's because I'm doing this projected starter series, they're a better team. They're deep on both lines. I love that. Uh, I think they address their weaknesses now, especially with Bradbury. Bradbury was a, a Pro Bowl cornerback two years ago, still young. Uh, I think their receiver position was a problem a year ago. Now that's deep. Quez Watkins is like a three. That makes more sense. I think they're a better team. I think they're a really good team and that their ceiling is extremely high. It's just as high as the Cowboys. And I think to me, they're a safer team because they're deeper. They could withstand some injuries. Yeah, you can make an easy case, right? That Philly got much better in the offseason and Dallas got worse. It's hard to make the case that Dallas got better right. uh, this offseason. And, and yeah, with the rest of the division, I would be paralyzed in fear and kind of in the fetal position if the Giants or the Commanders won the division. I would be questioning my understanding. <laughs> You'd be in the fetal position. Yeah, I, 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 clearly, none of this makes sense. I mean, the and Bengals came within one stop of winning the Super Bowl. So pro football and sports does tend to surprise us. But the, I, I would be much more surprised. <laughs> right. You know who never surprises us, though? Uh, the Commanders or no. the or the team that used to be named you know, in Washington. They never really Quite surprised Quite frankly, the Giants in the past half decade That's fair. or so. That's um, yeah, I like that thought, like the NFL blitz on N64 version of this rivalry. I would take the Cowboys over the Eagles, even though eh, Zeke isn't is he even a player anymore. I don't know. All right, let's move on. Joe Burrow, speaking of the Bengals. He had his first public interview since Super Bowl 56, a 25-year-old quarterback, uh, excited, obviously, about the new season 
to come and discuss Cincinnati's offense, what he believes they can be in the future, and also talked about, yes, that 23-20 loss to the Rams here at SoFi, SoFi Stadium. There was a play from the game, an image of Bengals receiver Jamar Chase opened downfield after Jalen Ramsey slipped on Cincinnati's final offensive play, but instead of an all a forever memorable touchdown game-winning score. It ended with Burrow throwing an incomplete pass after being cornered by Aaron Donald. Here's what Burrow had to say about that play. Yeah, I checked that go route. I was anticipating throwing it, just you know, didn't quite have the time. So, like I said, we put this behind us. You know, we we lost. We had a great year. Um, we're going forward. I don't even know if I'd want to hear that if I'm a Cincinnati fan. That's just a great. Uh, what if in the history of really the NFL, if he hits on that pass, Claybon, uh, but on the bright side, this kid's got it up here. He's got it in the arm and he's at Jamar Chase in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, there's no there's no right way uh, to, to handle a loss like that. And especially you're 25 years old and here's like potentially, hey, this this could be the thing that you're discussing for the rest of your life because uh, people play their whole careers and never get that opportunity. Um, but I, I, he, he's he was not going to change anything. Uh he feels and you know the tape shows it uh he made the right decision um he ran up against one of the greatest players to ever play football on the biggest stage and you know you tip your cap it was uh, donald's time at the end yeah. of the day he yep. made the play and that was that it, i almost think this super bowl has gotten underrated like that was such an incredible fourth quarter uh so many different things happen and for it all to come down to one play where it really went to who the bengal's were as a team, that they were just going to go for it. Remember that was fourth and one? Mm -hmm. They had second and one. They had second and one, and just as big a play almost as Donald's game-ending play was the play before where Gaines and Donald stopped Samaje Pirine, so they Which, couldn't why, get a yard. Why was Samaje Pirine in that That, that That's situation. a weird decision. Then the Bengals take yeah. a timeout, and... I love I love the chutzpah for him to change the the route and he was right in doing it because they could have gotten either in the end zone or inside the ten. You only had uh, you know forty seconds left and you needed to go try to win that game right there. And Donald beats Quentin Spain and. That sucks. Uh, it sucks for a Bengals fan. It was just a great player making such a great play in that moment. But I just kind of it's beautiful when football comes down to that, comes down to that fourth quarter drive where Stafford did so many great things. And then it came down to that one play and Burrow went down swinging. That's how that's how you well, want to do it. Look at it this way. If, if, if you're an impartial fan and the, watching that game and enjoying what was a very good game, you missed out on that potential highly dramatic listen Burrow could have overthrown uh chase he could have dropped the ball you never know what would happen if he gets the throw off uh but yes we were denied that moment but what we got was donald making the play running down the field tapping on his watch pointing to the ring finger and saying it's my time that's another highly memorable moment that they'll be playing forever including at aaron donald's hall of fame um ceremony down the line hopefully not in six years did briefly flirt with retirement. Finally, uh, let us talk about something sad. Tariq Cohen came into the league a few years back, a really um, exciting little uh, June bug. Is that is that a <laughs> description of that type of running back? I'm not going to call him a, a, a little June bug. Seems derogatory <laughs> at this point. That, well, he jumps around and he's very quick and fast and all Jitterbug? that. Jitterbug? Jitterbug, I don't know. And um, he uh, had some moments, obviously, with the Bears, tore his ACL and missed last season. And, and this is how they do it now. Um, 
the Instagram, live Instagram. A lot of players like to put that live Instagram out there. This is me training. I'm getting ready. Come sign me. And what happens? He blows out his Achilles on a live Instagram. Really sad story, Claybon, uh, for Cohen. You hope he makes it back. Uh, but now he's coming off a missed season with a torn ACL. Uh, Achilles is a devastating injury for a running back. Just a, a sad story here. Yeah, and, and it highlights the means with which the position uh, brings so much inherent risk for the guys playing it. Um, and here's, as you said, right, a free agent who is now tasked with making public displays of showing how healthy he is. And mm. in that display, he hurts himself. And it reminds me of, um, you know, a, a, a wide receiver who's concerned about his usage, right? Um, and, and doesn't, and, and I think that this highlights that, you know, it, it, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous spot uh, to be in this particular position coming back from an injury. And, and I see, I see why some guys are, you know, especially in, in the college and the high school ranks uh, are saying, hey, maybe uh, maybe I'll play outside a little bit more because uh, the future is is unkind. Uh, it's a bummer, too, because his career was so exciting. He had that second year. He had a, over 1,100 yards from scrimmage. He was also a first-team All-Pro punt returner. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't quite had the same juice since. Uh, certainly was injured last year, so missed almost all of last year. And uh, it was just like a fun player. We need more like Tariq Cohen-like players. Uh, you know, we need we need the short kings. We need someone for my <laughs> children to look up to. The flautists that, out there. Uh, the five, five, uh, five, six guys can go make the NFL. All you have to do is have um, otherworldly athleticism and combine that with incredible strength and 190 That's pounds. It. That's it. That's it. But, but fortunately, he was a fourth-round pick, so he did get another deal. Right. And he was able to get some money. Um, not like he was coming off of one of those first round five year type points. Um, that's a great point, Mark. Ding. Uh, <laughs> a a uh, June bug is like a beetle. So that's certainly not uh, Tariq Cohen's playing type. The jitterbug, whatever. That's that's jumping all over the place. Um, all right. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Let's take a break and then bring on our guest. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. What the moon landing was to the USSR in 1969, what Nirvana was to hair metal in 91, what Tony Romo was to NFL analysts in 2017. That is what the New York Post's Andrew Marchand is to sports media reporters in 2022. And now he joins us once again on Around the NFL. What's up, buddy? Wow. Thank you. That's (laughs) quite the introduction. I very much appreciate it. I've, I've had that comparison me before so that was very <laughs> it's a tough scene because you you have your own pon- podcast um with another sports media reporter john uh, oran so he's included in that he has been wiped out um like like an eclipse <laughs> i will tell john i will tell john on next uh we do a thing called who's up who's down at the beginning of the podcast oh. like john it turns yeah, out he's you're down. down oh yeah big time um you know we're in um, pull back the curtain a little bit we're in some contract talks right now on the Ooh. podcast. Oh, wow. And uh, that and your success. Got Wait, me. is this a, just a, a whole thing because you want uh, him to write about us? No, that's Dan? a scoop. We're giving, <laughs> we're giving him a scoop right off the bat. But that and your success got me thinking. You have put yourself in tremendous position for a life-altering contract yourself. <laughs> when it happens, will you report on yourself mm. getting the Tony Romo sports media guy contract? I will, uh, yeah, sources tell me. I'll, I will consider that. I will consider doing that. It is a weird uh, phenomenon that you bring it up because, like, there have to be reporters in our industry, you know, big names, the guys who break a lot of the news at Schefter, report, you know, Rappaport, sure. all that floor, that have uh, your type of media news or at least have a good idea of it, but they they probably aren't comfortable or not, aren't allowed to report on that stuff. Are you ever worried about these guys jumping into your territory? Well, it's interesting you say that because when you're talking about Tom Brady and Sean McVay uh, and the other Troy Aikmans of the world, you kind of, yeah, those are definitely, Schefter actually was the first one to say McVay wasn't going to go to Amazon Hmm. and was, he's going to coach and, my wife was like, why didn't you have that? And I said, oh, it's not she doesn't know anything about it. She said, she said why? She, I said, Adam Schefter, she doesn't know who he is. I said, hey, he makes like at that point three or four million dollars a year. And she said to me, well, why don't you make three or four million? So I said, well, he covers the NFL. I cover media. So uh, but I'm doing fine. You, you got the you got the beat covered. And that's why we wanted to connect with you again, because we're kind of like our show especially this time of year when things slow down a little bit. We're, we're always interested in what's going on uh, in the broadcasting ranks. And this is just the perfect situation right now, both for your gig and also if you're a, a certain 
there's someone of a certain level of talent and notoriety as a player and analyst because the money is out of control right now. And it's become you're getting paid like a quarterback now uh, to sit in a booth and call these games. I'm curious um, how surprised are you at how this has exploded? That's part one of the question. And then part two is the Tom Brady move um, or the reporting that was done by you. You broke that story. Um, and they have two of the next three Super Bowls, Fox. We deduced earlier this week on the podcast that it's a wrap. This is the last year for Brady because he's got to get into that booth and start earning that cheddar um, for Fox. Do you see that playing out that way with Tom Brady, considering what he's now signed with Fox? Yeah, I'm not sure with Tom Brady. I mean, you guys know the NFL better than I do, but he had the retirement in quotes, whatever that was, right? Was, you know, um, was that about Bruce Arians? Uh, And then the Miami thing uh, with the ownership possibility. You guys know this has been reported by other people, but, you know, people I speak to as well in the media game. I mean, that was real. That was possible of him going to Miami. And so um, when uh, when I think about Tom Brady going to the booth, you know, when that's going to happen, I just think if he can play, he, he just might continue going. Like, I still think he could be in Tampa this year and then Miami mm-hmm. is a possibility. So I don't think there's necessarily a timetable on this. Um, I think Brady, the money got so crazy that he took this job. But if you look at his comments in the past, uh, he wasn't really looking to do this. <laughs> but so in putting that in quotes, Andrew, right, and highlighting the things that he could have done, are, are you insinuating this, this could just be a Brady leverage play to make football more attractive? Mm. Well, I just think that he this is kind of I don't want to say a very prominent agent said to me that this was kind of a hedge. Right. You have this and, you know, you have this. And let's just say a couple couple of years down the road, he tells Fox, you know what? I don't really want to do this. I mean, they're not going to make Tom Brady go every week uh, to do games that he doesn't want to do, especially at the salary that he'd be making at that point. So at this point, it's great for both sides. And maybe Brady will do it. He'll be the next John Madden and he'll do it for 20 years. I doubt you guys foresee that. I don't really foresee that um, because I just think he's going to have other, uh, he has other options, uh, but I just, uh, this is something he has in hand. Uh, He, uh, even his comments has not seemed that excited about it, Uh, but (laughs) I just kind of said, I'm excited. Now back to the, you know, playing. Imagine signing a 10 year, $375 million deal and being like, eh, that's all right. All right. Nice hedge. (laughs) Nice hedge for me. Well, he's Tom Brady. I mean, he's Tom Brady, so he can do what he wants. You know, uh, but look, I, I, let's go on the assumption he will be in the booth. I, I don't know if this really shows when he's going to stop playing. Uh, it, it just, uh, again, you guys, I'm, I know, have discussed his retirement in quotes, you know, what that meant, if it meant anything. Uh, it just seems like if he plays well again this year, I don't know if when he's going to hang it up or why he'd hang it up. I get it. He has this big deal, but Tom Brady's going to be able to make money off the field uh, for eternity. Uh, as long as he doesn't do anything too. Although this is a pretty good bird in the hand, but I like your theory. Like, yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's actually, you know, he's going to be able to make other money with his other ventures, but those ventures, you don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how his crypto uh, venture, you know, yeah. are going right now. You know, this <laughs> I mean, is they, you you know, pay cash for yeah, that. bird in the hand, <laughs> but I like your theory. Cause it, it 
always it seems strange to me in that it's maybe a little more of an open question whether this contract is signed or not uh, makes sense to me. He could just like see what's going. And and my question for you is that is what do you think Fox is going to do? Because yeah, it's a hedge for Brady. It's also kind of a hedge for Fox, but they have this year in front of them and they have big games and they're going to have the most watched games of the year. A lot of times at 425 and it's a big decision. And how do you uh, fill this one spot in this year, considering that Brady may or may not be there a, a, a year from now? How do you think they handle it? I think it'll be Greg Olson. I mean, they're negotiating now. I think they made a nice offer to start. Uh, I think Olsen, if I'm him, I get over my ego and I get into this small club that has a chance to do Super Bowls. He'd be able to do a Super Bowl at the end of this year. And he's in his late 30s and he's been in prime position to get, you know, one of these number one. Let's say Brady comes in, takes his job and he gets demoted. Uh, Collinsworth in four years will be up. You know, that could become a possibility. Ultimately, if you're Greg Olson, all pro, great NFL career, but not a Hall of Famer, you're going to have to do well because there's going to be, if Brady hadn't signed, you know, Brady looking over your shoulder and Aaron Rodgers looking over your shoulder. Breeze Mike was Tomlin. looking for that job, right? Say who that? Breeze was looking for that job yeah, too, Breeze. right? Yeah, he's still possible to be the number two there. Uh, so you're always going to have... Uh, you know, Sean McVay as well. So all those people are always going to be looking over your shoulder unless you do well. So just get the job, do well, uh, and build up your other businesses. And, you know, you can be in that small group with these openings and where the checks are. Maybe you're not going to get, you're not going to get the Brady money. You're not going to get the Romo money maybe uh, in the near term, but can you get to eight figures at some point in the near future? Yeah. I think that's very possible if you're Greg Olson, if everyone thinks you're great. Right, plus he likes it. I mean, that's, that's, it comes across on the broadcast. He likes it and you don't get that with everyone. And I don't know if you'll get that with Brady. And to me, that's why like, I'm more excited to listen to Greg Olson than I would listen to Tom Brady. I don't think you got that with Drew Brees either. I was, I was curious, um, uh, what you think about Andrew? How that played out with NBC? Uh, you know, one and done there, and he left his o- options open in a cryptic tweet uh, that he sent <laughs> out that had everybody going nuts. Uh, but I guess my take on this is, and you know, it was a mutual decision, I guess. Um, but at the same time, Breeze, accomplished quarterback, obviously one of the greats of all time, but not a lot of experience as a broadcaster. Uh, did NBC believe that they could? mold him and, and bring him along uh, as it were, or was Breeze just not into it and NBC didn't want to be in business with him anymore? A couple of things there. I mean, they had high hopes, both sides for, for him to kind of be the heir apparent to Collinsworth. Uh, and he, first off, didn't like doing studio. Uh, studio's just different. You're, it's just more of a I think from his point of view, kind of a fan view uh, where you're just kind of talking and having opinions. And he said publicly, he was on the Dan Patrick show, he liked doing games better. Uh, and um, I think if he wants to do games, he should jump back in the booth. And even though Fox is not going to offer him big money to do those games, because if you think about it, Drew Brees takes the year off, doesn't do the NFL. His just stock is going to go down. Like he's not going to get offered, most likely. I, I think it's hard to believe he he would be ever, ever offered the number one job at any of these places if they open uh, down the road. Uh, new quarterbacks will retire. He had a year that is looked upon, even though it was really only one bad playoff game, uh, looked upon as not good. Kind of again, another guy who kind of gets a little bit of too bad of a rap is Jason Witten, but kind of like that. And so 
if he wants to do this, he needs to get back in the booth. And the reason, you know, it didn't work out with NBC. Yeah, there's some things behind the scenes, but uh, ultimately, mm. oh. uh, there's well, not. Come on, spicy. <laughs> come on. What's that? Well, <laughs> look, there's uh, there there is some feeling, you know, Breeze wasn't especially into the studio part of it. Uh, and then I think there was real disappointment on that Raider Bengal game where, you know, there is a feeling and, you know, people who've been in TV for a long time know that those spotlight games, when you're first going to go on, uh, there's going to be a big opinion on you one way or the other. And you could be neutral, but he really had a poor game. And and that was, you know, that they, they put their neck on the line. And so they didn't like looking bad in that situation. Um, and they don't really have that. And ultimately, though, they just don't really have what he wants to do, um, which is what I've been told NFL games. Uh, so it just doesn't really work at the when they signed Breeze up, there was the negotiations for the new contracts hadn't happened yet. And NBC, there was some hope that they'd have two packages and that would, would have opened up one for uh, Breeze to be a weekly guy. Uh, and that didn't happen. And so uh, he wanted Amazon and Al Michaels didn't want him. Uh, and so uh, he didn't end up there. This and is good. so uh, wow. here we good are. Stuff. There's um, multiple levels to the market yeah. of Drew Breeze. Uh, Andrew, our, our producer behind the glass, uh, Gravedigger, is a Titans fan. Uh, Gravedigger, you should, is that feel good to you that uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't have the worst one and done performance in the playoffs this year. <laughs> that it, was actually Drew Brees. That is pretty impressive because you? he had a pretty poor one and done performance. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Do we helps. want to do before we say goodbye to Andrew? Um, do we want to ask about this Dan Orlovsky situation that's going on? Um, him getting moved up uh, at ESPN. You uh, another just another breaking story from Marshand on Wednesday that uh, Dan Orlovsky will join Steve Levy and Lewis Riddick Jr. on ESPN's number two NFL TV booth. And that's notable for uh, ESPN. Well, look, it's it's really good for Orlovsky because listen, to the quarterbacks we're talking about, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, Tony Romo, Troy Aikman. Uh, besides Romo, those are Hall of Famers. Romo, you know, is an all timer in a lot of respects in terms of had a great career. Uh, Dan Orlovsky is best known for running out of the back of the end zone uh, during his 11 year career. Rough. So he's in his late 30s and he's already in an NFL booth. Again, it's only three games this year. It'll be five next year. But we talk about what we're talking about with Breeze is putting yourself in position for the future. If he does well, you know, down the road, if he builds up his name even more so, could he be a number one at some point? Yeah, I mean, you have to be in that booth to, to be uh, to be considered. You know, you look at Chris Collinsworth's career. He was a pretty good receiver, but not a Hall of Famer. And he built up. He was you know further down uh, the. Uh, depth chart when he first started. I think NBC was where he first started. And then he just kept moving up, moving up. And now, you know, he's a $12.5 million a year analyst, which in this day and age is cheap, but um, it's still pretty <laughs> good insane. money for six months a year. <laughs> Did you know before Dan? Uh, I think we, we learned together. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know. I don't know if I knew before Dan. Mm. I knew things were going on. I knew Fox was interested. You know, he could have gone to Fox for five day a week, uh, NFL centered show, and then do some uh, lower level games there. And that helped him uh, with ESPN to get that role that Greasy basically vacated when uh, he went to be the quarterback's coach for the 49ers. What are your thoughts on Levy? I'm really not a Levy fan in the NFL booth. 
I like him better as a host than as a play-by-player. I think ESPN has made this mistake a number of times, is this they put studio, more guys who are better in studio, haven't had the reps on play-by-play into these big positions. Well, he's a hockey guy. And, like it's, It was the same thing when Costas was ho- hosting Football Night in America. It's like the biggest sport in America deserves... Uh, someone whose number one sport is that sport. Like it, Levy, and I'm not a hockey guy, but I, I know people love him on hockey, and he's been a hockey guy forever. And you can you can hear the pat. Like he's 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 done it. If you watch ESPN, he's done that for 20 years. He knows the game. It's like if that's your number one sport, why are you on the biggest platform on your other sport? Just because I guess because you're trustworthy. I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm not kidding. Well, they did do the yeah. NFL. We're, for people from around here, WFAN way back when, right? Okay. Before we if you're had, Al Michaels, you can pull it off, but it's like, I don't know. It's too much. Yeah, we had the, before there was the red zone. <laughs> the, and now there's all these shows where they go around to all the, it was actually, I think, called around the NFL. You may owe FAN money, mm. but uh, where they <laughs> used to go nice. and Steve Levy would host and he'd go, go to Cleveland. And, you know, they'd go and they okay. give you the update. So he does have NFL background, but it's just more of the, the not being a play by play guy. Uh, fully. He's gotten better. I'm He's gotten better. He's just not that stage. And the other thing that ESPN kept making the mistake of that they won't have with Buck and Aikman, they keep they kept their own people together and their first broadcast is on national TV on Monday night, which is probably the biggest spotlight in terms of the broadcast booth of any booth, regardless if they have good games or not, just because of how Monday night's situated in the in the week and it's the NFL. Uh, and so I don't think that they were they kind of were uh, put in there, you know, down 28 to three a little bit. Mm. Uh, and I'm sorry you got sucked into that. Greg likes to start a feud with the ESPN Monday Night Football announcer every couple of years, and he's working <laughs> on a new one. Nah, that's not true. Well, who yeah. you got now? Who are you going to go after? There's Buck, no one. No. Oh, no, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, uh, no, true. we're we're big Buck and Aikman fans. <laughs> we're big oh, there you go. Um, so it's over. Andrew, are done. you've said it all. Check him out on the New York Post. Uh, check him out. He's the co-host of Marshawn and Oren sports media podcast. And uh, thank you, buddy. We always love having you on for your insight and your news breaking ability and best of luck uh, in the upcoming season. Great. My pleasure. Thanks guys. Thanks, Andrew. All right. There he goes. Andrew Marshawn. I love, I love Al Michaels dismissing Drew Brees out of hand. I get this guy out of here. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and and the uh, whispers that he didn't want to go too into, but you could read between the lines of, yeah, the breeze in the studio. the uh, Like the off-field fit might not have been a culture fit. Like I, that's what I, when he said there was some other stuff that he hadn't been reporting, it just felt like, you know, to be nice about it, maybe it wasn't a fit personality-wise. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, make sure you follow... Andrew on Twitter because uh, he's on top of everything. I All liked right. when Claybon asked him if he knew before Orlowski knew because um, that is something I was thinking he asking. Because well, just because sometimes he's probably breaking the news that the people don't even know. And how do you how do you handle that? You know, how do you handle that? Like, he's got emotionally, it. morally. We could have done another like an hour <laughs> with uh, Marshawn because our show just has this need for and knowledge it in this realm. Personal too. <laughs> Um, all right. So as promised, it's time now to open up the mailbag. We don't do it too often. In fact, a couple, I would say a couple months ago, I threw out our mailbag prompt and the questions, they just weren't up to snuff. Whoa. So we canned the mailbag seg. Oh. So this was a chance for the listeners to really establish themselves once again as difference makers. And, and, uh, Justin, you were the, you were curating, uh, the mailbag 
for today's episode. How'd you feel about what the what the listeners brought? There was a, a, some good stuff. There was a lot of like very team specific stuff. That's like I'm gonna ask about my team. That's like I don't know how much we're gonna get into that. Right? Why not? Well, because whatever. That's, that's yeah. the, the mailbag is a great time to sort of hit some teams and topics we wouldn't normally. So we'll right. hit, we'll just saying some. for the future. For sure, we'll hit some. You know, it's like we haven't had a lot of um, trying to think of a team here. Throw a team out. <laughs> Jaguars talk. <laughs> Let's start with the Jaguars. All right, then. there you go. That's okay. why it's a mailbag, baby. All right. First question. Do you think Trevor Lawrence will have a glow up in year two? With Doug P at the helm, I think they'll be better, but that wide receiver core is bad. Is Christian Kirk really the answer? Bonus question. Will Greg Rosenthal release that emo app? Emo revival is very hot right now. Mm. We were never an emo band. We were, you know, I've said this on the show before. If I had to try to compare us to a band, maybe the Dead Milkmen, a little jokey and indie and and something like that. The Delaware tapes that were promised. I never promised anything. Remember this? I'm so hungry. We need your help. We need this. Who is this again? Come on, Greg. These are your kids. The kids. We are in the future. Will you be my dad? <laughs> we need you help, Greg. <laughs> Can I trust you? Hey, Doug. Can I trust you? We must listen to Delaware. Do it for us. Yeah, to uh, to recap any listeners that weren't with us <laughs> five years ago. We need your help, Greg. <laughs> Still going? Okay. We um, Delaware. That is Dan using you really his... need to listen to Delaware. <laughs> it's up to you. It's up to you. Uh, it's not just my children. It's children all across yeah. the Southland, children across the world that need it. Because the reason why... Right, but also using them um, to ask like different questions that maybe were in your mind that made you laugh just now. Like, <laughs> do I trust you? So we got to learn about Dan's No, the reason why the we're voice of the future. the children was because we once offered Greg, we would, we would make a, or the listeners would make a sizable donation to some type of children's charity if you let us hear the tapes of, of your, Clavon <laughs> uh, was going to pick the, the children's charity. Oh, okay. Some orphanage or something like that. Okay. Um, if Greg just played the tapes. And to think that Greg actually turned that down. I don't have the tapes. I don't have the tapes. Are the tapes out there? Uh, this this great listener is, you know, wanting some Trevor Lawrence content. I'm going to give it to well, him. Well, I mean, he knew better. He, he's asking for the tapes. Uh, We're going to talk about the tapes. I think Trevor Lawrence is such a fascinating. I think we need the tapes, Greg. I, all right. All right. I got it to you. Uh, he was such a fascinating guy to watch because, like, you want to put something into the 16 games that he actually played. Uh, and it wasn't great. I think what he was as a rookie, like you saw the timing, the flashes, the good stuff. And it, it felt like as the season went along, he was just trying to not make mistakes. He was just trying to not blow things. And I think that w- made sense on that team. Like he was trying to make his inter- touchdown interception ratio not totally fall apart. And he was a little hesitant. So I'm very optimistic that he's going to be way better. It reminds me a little bit of what the Patriots did 
in the last offseason. Yeah, they didn't get the greatest group of players around Mac Jones, but they went from like league worst to somewhere in the middle, lower middle of the pack. And I think and, that's kind of what the Jaguars did. Replace Josh thing with, McDaniels with uh, right. Matt Patricia. And but then, we'll talk about that on another show. No, I'm saying that's what they did yes. in, in 2021 got when it. they spent all that money. Got it, got it, got and it. in this case, yeah, you're playing league worst coaching too with another middle maybe of the pack coach. And so that's going to help him so much that I'm very yeah. optimistic. Having your head coach not like be on a, a one-year mission to be an unmitigated right. to everybody he sees in the I, world. I thought I've said this on the show. Like I'm very bullish on the Jaguars improving this season. I'm bullish on Trevor Lawrence, I think, who comported himself with a lot of dignity and uh, got through that season despite being a kid. Um, and, he, and he also made a handful of the prettiest throws of, of any rookie quarterback. But last the football year, so. was was bad overall to the point where, OK, this is a generational guy on paper right. that like if he was Andrew Luck or Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't, wouldn't we have seen it a little more? A you, little more. It's a generational bad coach and a bad generational okay. bad environment. It was, and it's almost like I see what you're saying. It's fair that maybe we should have seen more like Peyton Manning threw 28 touchdowns, 28 interceptions his rookie year. But he also threw 27 touchdowns and had some great drives as the season went along down the stretch of games. Maybe we didn't see enough. My point that. is like, what's fair for expectations? Like if Trevor Lawrence is a league average starter this year, I think you got to be really happy if yeah. you're the Jaguars. That's a big step up. That said, um, if you had gone into like before, when he was drafted, he's going to be a league average starter after two years. Well, that that is lower than like what we saw out of Kyler Murray or some of these other guys that have come out guns blade. That might be lower than Mac Jones is this year. So it's just tricky to where you put that expectations where people are going to actually be happy. You're, you've kind of annoyed me because last show you were talking about how you wanted to save takes. And you didn't want to burn off takes. Now and, I'm take, making takes. No, but now you have that. I'm thinking about that now. And I'm also thinking about we were talking about the Lions and trying not to get too bullish on the Lions. I'm going to do the same thing with the Jaguars. I'm just by the time September comes around, I'm going to have that team is 13 and four or whatever. Oh, wow. And it's going to be ridiculous. You're high on him, which makes yeah. total sense. The draft Knicks all would take him number one, not even thinking again. And that makes total sense. All right. Before we jump into another question, let's take a quick responsible break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what else we got? All right, moving on. Which team is the, quote, Andy Dalton scale of teams? All teams above them are probably good, and all teams below them are probably bad. Historically or like in the 2022 landscape, how do you want to tackle this? At At first blush... It's I'm thinking historically, and I don't know if it's because I heard it from the voice of one Justin Graver, but I'm just going to say the Tennessee Titans. Oh, a a traditionally good team. You know, that hurts them, too. Yeah, Yeah. it's tough. Over the years. Yeah, yeah. but But what about this year? This year, that's even true. Hmm. It it feels it feels true this year. Now that when you asked, I think. I'm thinking more about this year because that was what the scale was. It sort of moved up and down based on the year. For this year, I would go Vikings, which actually isn't a bad answer for the last good. 10 yeah. to 15 years. They feel very much like like they're going to be stuck in the middle no matter what. I got another option in the other conference, the Raiders. Okay. Mm. They're kind of like if you're – Right now, the Raiders. Like yeah, right now, I'm the with, last I'm couple years, you. if you're it's on this side – Not the last side, 20 years, certainly. They've been terrible. Right. But in this year, I'm talking yes. about the recent NFL. Yeah. If there's an all-time Dalton scale team, like the – like, I don't know. That might be a little too broad to really drill down on. Um, yeah. This year, though, I think the yeah. Raiders are a great answer. I even felt – they were kind of like that last year, really. Like, you, Chargers, you should have probably won that game. All right. What else we got? All right. Moving on. This is a, a more fun one. <laughs> Is watching Commander's games while going commando a proper way to show support? <laughs> hmm. So well, I know, some a, I know, know. what Carson Wentz's answer would be yeah. uh, to this one, uh, no yeah. doubt. As we all know, decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. <laughs> and you should know, he was quote, not wearing underpants yeah, on the plane the when he said really that. really comes into context when you think about it being somebody not wearing underpants. Um well, that's a it's a it's a better question for Mark. Famously, um, not a huge fan of underwear. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I, I used to, he finally um, changed his ways, but for probably the first five years we knew him, that was his thing, and it would be distracting to me because I'd be like, the only thing separating us is a thin, thin layer of denim. <laughs> <laughs> Although at least he wore jeans every. It wasn't like Always. it wasn't like gym shorts or anything. That feels so uncomfortable. Jeans yeah, it seems, it seems it's like a, very, a bad idea. It's a very Sessler thing. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's something if you live in a commune in Colorado for a while, you're probably not wearing underpants. Underpants is a funny word, by the way. <laughs> Super funny. <laughs> yeah. like, ever, underpants is way funnier than underwear. Yeah, it's the true. old it's underpants ad read was was always one of my favorites. And yeah, underpants. The underpants era. Underpants. You guys ever read Captain Underpants? Uh, I've read it to my children. Yes. Yes. Huge when I was in yeah. elementary school. All right. Um, nice flex for Greg. <laughs> Which fan base is the most tiresome on Twitter these days? I would say the Bears. I th- I have a theory. When you're a once proud franchise that has a quarterback problem um, or hasn't had a quarterback in a while. Now, Fields I like, uh, but especially under Trubisky, they were just they were a tough situation. So I'm going to go Bears right now because it's like the once proud franchise that like doesn't want to believe they are where they are right now. 
Okay. Good answer. What do you got, Claymont? Um, I, I mean, everybody's equally annoying. You've got these annoying people in all of these fan bases, and they all have no. their particular trials and no. tribulations. But there's just more of them <laughs> in, like, the Patriots or the Bears or the Giants. Yeah, I, I will say that. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, you've convinced me, Greg. Patriots fans are the absolute worst. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's an easy that's the safe answer. Uh, this new I talked about on Tuesday show, this new breed of vocal Browns fans very much on my radar. Oh, yeah. Um, so that would be my vote. But only uh, again, only of a fraction of that fan base. I don't know how big the fraction is, though. I'm just glad you didn't say the Titans. All, All right. right, let's give them a break. <laughs> Who is the anti-team of ATL? Not necessarily the team you all collectively dislike, but the team you all collectively feel the most meh about. Well, Wes used to talk about the Bermuda Triangle of NFL coverage that we fell into, and he did a good job pumping up those AFC and NFC South teams. Uh, that would be my first Right, he, he would say the Panthers. The Texans, the maybe. Um, the Commanders, over the years, in their different iterations, has definitely been the the team um, uh, I was the most anti because of the way that they were run from the top down. And that really hasn't changed because uh, of just what's been going on off the field for two decades. And it kind of shows up on the field, too. But that's that's like active animosity, though. Right. We're, that's we're true. For, like, but let's say an anti team of ATL. I guess if it's ambivalence, I feel like uh, the Falcons slip under the radar. I've tried to like stick up for them over the years. But yeah, the Falcons. Yeah. Houston would be my vote. What else? All right, this one I'm going to pose as an either-or question. So answer one of the two. And by the way, I would say this. One thing that I personally stru- – you got to go, Patrick? Yeah, I got to go. Right, we knew he had, he had news coverage. <laughs> this is actually um, – Is there something breaking? There's no breaking. Oh, okay. It's a scheduled hit. So so tell him no. This is, down. This has been um, really your move, actually, on the Around the NFL podcast. Yeah, this, this is a throwback we're move. Back he to would tradition. Have, he would have to run downstairs, you remember, from, from yes. our old studio – down to the news desk. Like the, those Patrick children, Taylor. those unnamed children asking, can we trust you, Greg? No one asks that. The the news acumen and we could trust what comes out of Patrick Claybon's mouth. Appreciate you guys. When he's behind the camera. Or Thanks, in front Patrick. Of Thanks, you, Thank Patrick. you, guys. There you, buddy. There you go, buddy. All right. Um, I was going to say, I think one thing we collectively strive for on this show is to give teams coverage, the old inside the NFL philosophy. So the fact that we highlighted, for instance, Houston and Atlanta, maybe that's a goal for us, Greg, to maybe give them a little more shine. But teams also... Houston, since Watson trade, has been about as off the radar as an NFL team can right. be. I was going to say, teams kind of earn um, being ignored on this podcast, typically, either through irrelevance or just being boring. So For the most kind of part, that's true. The West always had a problem with their Titans coverage because they were they were in that middle and they had a chance to be better. Right. So in theory, the middle should get more than the bottom. But the you know the secret is is I don't know if it's a secret. Like the bottom's more interesting. Yep. You know, there's more going on. Yep. All right. Which 2021 playoff team is most likely to miss the playoffs? Or oh, this is a question. Okay. Which below 500 team is most likely to make the playoffs? Okay, I got to refresh myself and and think about who was in the postseason uh, a year ago. I mean, it's got to be the the Steelers. It's just crazy because I I wouldn't totally discount the Steelers from getting it together. Um, But the Steelers, Raiders, Cardinals are the ones that pop off uh, right off the bat. Titans, maybe close. Sorry. Yeah, the Cardinals I got my, are on my radar a little bit because I just don't think it's a very healthy vibe there. But they also do have some really talented players, including a 
you know, a star quarterback who's a little embattled right now, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, Steelers, I think, are the are the pick for me as well, just because of what you said. I'm taking it back, actually. I'm going Cardinals. I have no faith in that. Like when I saw the over under for Cardinals is like a winning team. I just feel like there is there's absolutely a chance, at least, that they're picking in the top five. Did you next year? That did it you goes hear that really, I said Cardinals? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but okay. I'm now once you said you almost it, said it like I didn't say it. No, <laughs> like you had brought it up. No, once you said it, uh, I suddenly was transported back uh, to SoFi Stadium, January seventeenth. My kids going absolutely oh crazy, and then I look at this roster. When I did the the projected starters uh, for the NFC West. They got a lot of problems. Like they have big holes in Kyler Murray and some things make up for it. I, I feel like they could be back in the playoffs, but there's a scenario where they're four and 13 and they're just terrible. And I don't know if I can say that about almost and the any whole other thing team, gets blown up right where there's about any other team in, in the play. That our, made the playoffs. Um, our friend of the show. Sorry, Arizona. And my longtime friend, Jason Zumwalt. I sat in the second to top uh, row of the upper deck watching the Rams obliterate the Cardinals <laughs> like uh watching that Kyler Murray give up pick six that turned the game into a, a celebration at SoFi. And then I just realized that, again, Jason Zumwalt, Arizona sports fan, got excited for a game seven between the Suns and Mavericks um, that <laughs> turned into the definitive game seven trouncing that we've ever seen I didn't know this, that Gravedigger, by the way, is a Dallas native and is a big Mavericks fan. He's wearing a Mavericks T-shirt. So Zumwalt in the span of a couple months was at the playoff game where the Cardinals organization went up in flames. And then a game seven that all game sevens will be judged by that in terms of no shows. That I, I I always say like some blowouts are entertaining. Seahawks, Broncos in the Super Bowl. It was entertaining for most of it because you were just like, I can't believe this is happening. And I feel like that Suns game was like that just as a study of like human nature to see them score 27 points in the first and the way the crowd was falling apart. I don't know. It just I'm with you. Uh, Let's do a couple more. What do you got? I got two more. This one is a little more thoughtful. Which current NFL player would you like to write a biography about and why? Oh, we would be writing it. You would be writing a biography so, about so an NFL like, player. So you get like right, spend a pa- season with right, them. On paper, like Rodgers would be a fun one to read, but I don't want to write it. I don't want to spend. Oh, hang out he, with them. Uh, yeah, you probably I, see things that you can never unsee. I don't want to see it. Uh, all right. I got two. Yeah, because it kind of goes with like, who do I want to hang out with? Who do we, uh, who would be fun? Two very different books. The, f- the first is Lamar Jackson. It's a little early to write about it, uh, but spending a season with him, I just think he's an interesting guy. We don't know a lot about him. Uh, this season in particular is interesting. At some point, a Lamar one, I think would be fun. Maybe it's a little early. Hmm. The other one is a totally different type of book, which would be a Dan Campbell book. Mm. Just think he's, he's, been around. He's been a player. He's been an assistant coach. He's been around. This isn't so much a biography as maybe a season in life. The type of books that Paul Zimmerman used to write following Weeb Eubank around. Like oh, yeah. I would be into like a Dan Camp because I think there's. I think he's an intelligent guy too, and you kind of think of him as a meathead. There's. I think there's a lot going on there. That's a good one. I like that. Um, and I guess we'll get a little bit of that with Hard Knocks. Yeah, Mike Tomlin would be kind of interesting to yeah, learn about. Yeah, um, like what makes him tick? Like what's his deal? Like the whole, how does he I'd feel about I'd love to find things? out the Ste- the Steelers are some great books back in the day yeah. and that culture and the organization. Absolutely, and he's been a, at the center of the AFC for a long time. Just a lot of stories uh, there. I, I'll go. With, I'll go with Tomlin, but 
I feel like one's going to pop in my head. Uh, but for now, I'll go with him. What about a, a biography that focuses on Zach Wilson's 2022 offseason <laughs> turning into a little thick boy and um, then proceeding to take the NFL by storm? But the from book, boy to man, the book ends. He definitely hit the weight room. Looks beefy. Uh, <laughs> He's a little beefy thick boy. That's the name of the biography um, forward by Greg Rosenthal, actually. Um, and then the the book ends at the onset of training camp. So we really get to craft a story that uh, of a boy becoming a man, becoming a little thick boy, and uh, and then it just ends as training camp begins. There's no way it could have a bad ending. It's just a moment in time. We just snapshot. need we need some authors out there to go out and do it. I know access isn't the same, but we just don't have the same types of uh, season in the life. Uh, books. There was there was that Jets book, you know, like like that was great. Play like you mean it. Like I, that's not what was that what it was called? Was play it? like a jet. Play no. Oh, play like you mean it was the Rex Ryan biography that I read and wrote about for this website years ago. Uh, We're thinking of Collision Low Crossers. Collision Low Crossers. Book, books like that, um, like a season in the life, like actually getting an actual feel. You don't get you don't get those anymore. All right, is that it? Was there any other? I got one more right. as we head into the off-season, the meat of it, really. What is the most tiresome off-season trope? Oh, so many to choose from. Uh, I think best shape of my life is always the the go-to, the standard bear uh, for me. Also, the trope, um, I'm playing much, everything is slowed down for the second-year quarterback. Ahead of schedule in terms of injuries. Ahead of schedule is a great one. Uh, but I really do like, like, for instance, speaking of my little thick boy, um, that storyline, you're going to read a lot of notebooks leads in August about how all the second-year quarterbacks, including Zach Wilson, everything's just opened up for me this year. I'm seeing the field in a way that I wasn't seeing as a rookie. And then it's like they never say that in year one. They ne- they're never <laughs> like, I can't see anything. I Everything's a blur to me. Like – but then you come eight months later and you're like, last year, what a joke. I shouldn't have even been on the field. But this year, different. Also, draft bust X looks ready, like he's ready to turn the corner is a good one. Right. It's it's usually – it's unfortunate because some there are turnarounds, but it's mostly like, oh, this totally disappointing aspect of last year is going to be fine now because right. uh, we're in the offseason. Um, I do like OK Quarterback X reminds veteran player Y of Brett Favre. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be reminded of Brett Favre right now. Um, you know, he's being sued for literally stealing <laughs> stealing money from the state of Mississippi uh, that was uh, supposed to go to children. It's a tough, right. tough spot for I th- Brett Did Favre you read right the story? The Favre story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been totally into this story because it's just like I thought there were different levels of corruption. Like some people knew where the money was going and some people didn't. And I thought Favre was in the group of people that didn't realize it. But listen, maybe you read read it closely. I mean, the million dollar man is involved and it's absolutely a story. Like Biasi and his son are involved and they knew exactly where it was going. Anyway, before we sign off uh, for the weekend, we have not done this in a while. And thank you to everybody who sent in um, letters to the virtual mailbox. What's in the box? Let's do a little culture recommendations. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I've got, how many do you have? I've got too many. So I got to cut it down. I got a couple. Why don't you start? Okay. 
Um, I'm going to go with a movie that fe- I felt like got no uh, pop last year, but I enjoyed it so much. Uh, come on, come on, starring Joaquin Phoenix. You are such a Joaquin head. I do. I am a big Joaquin Phoenix fan, and it was nice to see him just be a normal guy. Ah, that's It wasn't nice. like a huge... Uh, storyline, basically, he ends up watching... It's an uncle movie. Like, probably the greatest uncle movie of all time. You know, watches his nephew. He lives in New York. Watches his nephew for, like, a month. It's good on, like, family and uh, that that sort of love. And uh, it was just great. Really well done by the guy, Mike Mills, who did uh, 21st Century Woman, I believe, and some other good movies. Beginners, starring Ewan McGregor. You, kinda, it was you had me an uncle movie. Yeah, it's very much an uncle movie. I'm an uncle. It, it's terrific. Lillian Kelty, back in New York. Um... All right. I um, read a book in Mexico, the 90s, a book by Chuck Klosterman. Always loved Klosterman. Um, But this is the book I feel like he was always meant to write, just drilling down into what made the 90s the 90s and how how different the world is now. And uh, you and I both uh, are formed of years. We're in the 90s and also people of our age group, like born in late 80s, early um, or I said late or late seventies, early eighties were the last generation that knows what it was like before the internet, internet, and what it was like after the internet. Um, and it kind of just digs into everything hmm. um, from a tech standpoint uh, to a culture standpoint, and how things have radically shifted over that time. So. If you're interested he's kind in of that, a, yeah, he's like a 90s, not an icon, but he, I certainly think of him as like a cultural critic of the 90s. Uh, absolutely. And he um, yeah, it's it's said that, you know, it takes about 20 years. Every new generation tends to be intrigued by whatever generation existed 20 years earlier. And I feel like younger people are really plugged into 90s culture now. If you actually lived through it, it's uh, really interesting to kind of break down what it meant to grow up and what the, how the 90s impacted everything that followed. Did you know, according to this book, it's been disputed by some uh, other journalists, not according to the book, but it, Bill Clinton sent two emails when he was president of the United States. What? That's what he said. But then it and was that, that refuted. Would, he, but, he would never lie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bill Clinton. There's a really good uh, Bill Clinton breakdown in that book as well. So anyway, yeah, the 90s, a fun. book by Chuck Klosterman. What else? I'll got? jump off with a book then, too. Uh, the new Emily St. John Mandel book. Uh, I feel like people know her now because Station Eleven was her book that popped into a big HBO miniseries. Mm. I like Station Eleven uh, as a book, but I love Sea of Tranquility, which is her new book. And I really uh, like... Uh, Glass Hotel, which was the book before. And like each one of her books have gotten better. And you absolutely should read Glass Hotel before Sea of Tranquility because it's kind of uh, a sequel. There's uh, there's some time travel element involved, but it's very much a pandemic book without feeling like it's um, bashing you over the head with a pandemic book. And I thought it was so smart. Such a quick read, too. Um, and uh I don't know. She she is just like extraordinarily talented. So I would I would say both those books, but the new one, Sea of Tranquility, is awesome. All right, and I'll I'll end it with a, a music wreck. Um, I've mentioned them on the podcast before, but me and my buddy Bob from Throwback Podcast are going to the concert tonight. Gang of Youths. They're a Sydney-based band that they've since relocated to London. Just fell in love with this band. Can't wait to see them live. Great energy by uh, the singer, lead singer. Um, has incredible energy and stage presence, and uh, I love their music. Very raw and uh, anthemic and hard on the sleeve and 
a lot of the things that I like in rock music that aren't always quote unquote cool um, mm. is what I like in terms of a, a band that's not afraid to swing for the cheap seats and um, really uh, project emotion in an anthemic, anthemic way. That's what Gang of Views does. That's their stock and trade. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. And if you want to discover their music, uh, they had two really good um, albums in the last few years, Angel in Real Time and Go Further in Lightness uh, from 2017. Check out that band. You will thank me. Mm. Sounds good. See, I'm, I'm little, not, I, I would throw out some music, but I don't want to now. I, then that would be too much. No. But I think <laughs> if you like, what do they sound like? There's a little, um, there's a little Arcade Fire in there. There's a little National in there. There's a little mm. NXS in there. There's a little U2 in there. There's all this stuff mashed together. If you like any of those bands, I think you'll mm. really like this one. I'm going to do it anyway. Sharon Van Etten's new one and, and Pusha T, Vince Staples. There's been a lot of good music coming out lately. What about, I, I'm sure you have a take about our friend uh, from Compton. Kendrick Lamar and his new album. I don't have a take yet. I need to listen to it more. Right. I there need to go. listen to it more. Stay tuned for next week's. <laughs> Do you have any pop culture takes, uh, Grave Digger, before we say goodbye? Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the center of pop culture. Uh, before we sign off this episode of Dirty Pop. What? No, well, let's hear it. What? 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 Doesn't it feel like 20 minutes right now? What? 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 How many seconds are we at? You got it. You gotta give <laughs> you gotta give Dan credit. I, it wasn't funny until like the twelfth second. So you needed all of it. It's you like the to step on the rake. It's not the first time, the second, it's the third time the guy steps on the rake. That is funny. All right. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back on I think Monday. Is yeah. the plan? Monday's with, the plan. Um, with the show. So enjoy the weekend. Be careful out there. Love yourself. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.